This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Thanks for living. Thanks for living. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sports book app. I am Mike Luke, joined by William Brad Alice. I am coming to you from a different location, as you might be able to tell, a um, little more upscale, and joined by Brad Alice from his normal location. Hello, William. Are you sure you're not Iron Mike Tyson with that intro? Uh, I was going to say, <laughs> right, that's a great way of putting it. <laughs> All right. We've got a lot to get to. Obviously, a lot of Arizona basketball and football to get to. But first, Brad, I wanted to uh, get your thoughts, obviously, about last week and what uh, we saw against UCLA. Because to me, it showed the uh, it showed what college basketball is this year and that, you know, everybody is dropping games. You look at Kansas. They go from being number one to losing two games. The U of A, same situation here they're kind of lumped in with a bunch of different teams right there. Yeah, you know, uh, two weeks ago, the sky was falling. Now Arizona's mad that they're not ranked high enough. Um, and it should be somewhere in between. I think the difference between 1 and 12 or 13 is probably not that different. Right. And if you had to hold my feet to the fire, you know, I saw, I don't know if it was Lenardi or um, one of the others, but, you know, Kansas State's a one seat. If you had my whole my feet to the fire, I don't think Kansas State is as good as some of these teams. But um, you know they beat Kansas by you know on their home floor. So uh, it's a crazy year for college basketball. This is, I think, a product of one and dones replaced with the transfer portal. So what right. you're seeing is the upper. You know, if you're looking at, there's not many mid majors uh, who are who are really good. Um, and it is, it's the same ones. It's San Diego State, it's St. Mary's, it's you know, I don't even consider Gonzaga. Um, the only look, you know, really kind of oddball there, and it isn't if you're my age, it's College of Charleston, who looks pretty good. But for right. the most part, what happened? You know, College of Charleston, of- Arizona fans, uh, the real Arizona fans know about College of Charleston. Yeah, people, I think people forget they were almost Gonzaga before Gonzaga. Um, yeah, for sure. They uh they had a string of about five years where they lost something like seven non-tournament games. Right. Um, they were a really good program, and then the coach left, and, and they went downhill a little bit. Um, but the point being, so if you're a lot of teams got guys back, uh, Tshibe, I don't know how you pronounce his name, but Oscar Shibwe, Shibwe, uh, Baycott, uh, you know the the two of the four peaks, um, you know the two guys at UCLA came back. Then when you do lose guys, you replace them with the transfer portal. And while you right. might not be able to replace a Ben Matherin, 
you're able to solidify your roster quickly. Again, to the detriment, you know, there's a trickle down. So if you're Kennesaw State, you probably have no players because that guy went to Winthrop and the Winthrop guy went to, right, you know. Right. Uh, you're, 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 you're basically trading pieces. Yeah, so, um, but that has allowed this weird parody in college basketball. And at some point, what I think you're seeing is 22-year-old men have the advantage over 18-year-old kids. Kentucky's struggling. Um, So when you're the U of A and you're experienced, and now granted that most of of those guys are relatively homegrown when you're UCLA, when you're uh, Kansas, but it also allows the Kansas States, the TCUs um, of the world to remain good. Um, You know, we're seeing a kind of a resurgence of the SEC. Right. Uh, with Alabama, with Tennessee, it's not just Kentucky, maybe Florida, and everyone else. Right. Um, so it, it has really made college basketball interesting. I think the last couple years, um, but post COVID, really, when I, we're starting to see, and I think until they tweak the transfer portal again, which I'm sure they will, this may kind of be the norm. Because what I think you're going to see is, I think you're going to see a lot of guys go to the G league right out of high school. So you're going to see less one and done. So you're going to see a lot of the good teams with two year players. Right. And then four or five year guys who probably came from another school. Yeah, no, that's what I think you're looking at. You know, what's interesting to me about Arizona though, with all of this being, with all of this being said, is you look at Arizona's resume and it's, it stacks up with the rest of the country. Like the one thing about it, UCLA is obviously very good. In my, in my opinion, and I want to get yours here in just a second, I think that that's probably the best team that Arizona's played this year. I think they're very, very good. But UCLA doesn't have any top 25 wins. You look at Arizona, they got UCLA. They got uh, Tennessee. They've got some other wins right there that are going to hold up over time there, William. Yeah, but the knock on Arizona, and, and rightfully so, is they've got – They got some bad losses. Three mediocre – I can't even call them bad losses – um, I don't know how they rank statistically with the quadrants and all that, but you know, they didn't lose to a, a, a swack team like right. 12 did, but yeah, but UCLA's lo- three losses are legit. And that's, so I guess that's what you have to compare when you, uh, cause I see all these people who are mortified that UCLA, well, you know, obviously they lost the head to head and right. that to carry weight, but what's better Arizona has three, four more good wins in UCLA, but they also have three losses that UCLA doesn't have. So where do you balance that out? And I right. think what you're saying is right now, you know, the Lenardis of the world think UCLA is slightly ahead of Arizona because Arizona has three bad losses. My guess is as more teams start losing those games, I think UCLA probably will. Um, it may not be to, you know, may not be Washington state bad, but you know, they might drop a game to a, a USC, or they might drop a game to a right. Colorado. Who knows? Um, that that'll help Arizona's case. That those will kind of balance out a little bit more. Um, but yeah, right now Arizona can claim the. I think they have either the first or second amount of quad one wins, and that and that something the committee looks very long and hard at. All right, real quick. Oh, geez. Let's say that you're like William Brad Alice and you have a hard time sleeping. You got a lot of kids running around the house. You got pooches. You're doing all kinds of different good stuff right there for the community. But you need some time to sleep. That's where OGs comes in. Or you just want to feel cool. 
OG's does that as well. Go to your local dispensary, 21 and up. Check it out, obviously. Lots of good stuff. Sativas, Indica's, you name it, OG's has it. And William Brad Alice is one of the Arizona sports OG's in the entire city, William. Yeah, I think it's me and AG and <laughs> right? DVR. Yeah, right. I think that's, you know, and of course, our good friend Shu. And have I told you about the Four Peaks? All right, here's Thanks the goodness you have. All right, here's the deal. The four peaks on the U of A basketball court appears to be only two peaks now, but that doesn't change the fact that the four peaks at PHNX is the official brew of PHNX sports. Again, here's the deal. You can go uh, to the location in Tempe, or you can come to Tucson to the Tap and Bottle Watch Parties, and you can get your four peaks right there, 21 and up. And uh, again, enjoy responsibly. Check out the show notes and the link in the description. Okay, Brad, the one thing, though, that I can't get past here is how vulnerable Arizona did look against Washington. Um, And that is one thing that, again, Washington, Washington State, um, you're going on the road now. To me, Arizona should have Washington or Washington should have Arizona's full attention in this game. And if they don't, if Arizona comes out flat, then there's bigger problems at, uh, at stake, especially because you've already got a squad right now that is right back in contention for possibly getting a one seed. Yeah, if Arizona doesn't come out at least mo- – there's a difference. And, again, I know people are like, oh, they weren't ready to play. And sometimes that is true. But if they're overlooking anyone anymore in the conference, yeah. shame on them. Now, that doesn't mean that the Mike Hopkins, Jay, uh, Jim Boheme matchup <laughs> zone can't give them troubles because right. Arizona's not a great shooting team. Uh, their guard play is their weakness. Um, so they are still susceptible to bad losses, but if, if they come out looking flat, looking disinterested, then that is a mistake. Again, not every loss is because you're flat and disinterested. Um, not every win is because you're, you know, Tommy Lloyd gave this great pep talk. Right, it, right. It's rarely either of those. Uh, but if Arizona doesn't execute, doesn't figure out how to get the ball inside against the zone, can't shoot respectively against the zone, Conversely, if they can't figure out how to counter uh, Washington State's athleticism, then then they're ripe for the picking because they didn't blow out Washington as they probably should have. Um, but, you know, if we look over the years, Washington's given some some trouble over the years uh, recently, uh, especially with this, you know, kind of Euro heavy lineup. Remember, right. Washington really thumped them. What's it? They thumped them at home uh, mm-hmm. two years ago. Two years then, ago. Yeah. Then, then Arizona got them in the. Or was that in the COVID tournament? But I believe it know, was the COVID tournament, yeah. Yeah, but that was that weird, you know. So, you know, for whatever reason, Hopkins teams have some talent and have some length and athleticism, which Arizona doesn't do real well with. Washington State's built the same way. But if they come out looking flat, looking disinterested, then then there's a bigger character flaw to this team than we thought. Right. Are we at the point now with uh, Arizona's perimeter where, and again, we're, you know, uh, Arizona's still a very good team, but I don't understand honestly why teams don't press Arizona more like UCLA did at the end of that game right there. And what UCLA did quite frankly was they said, okay, we're going to double Ramey or we're going to double Kerr and we're going to keep Pella open. And once Pella Larson gets the ball and again, all got everyone turned it over. It wasn't just Pella not beating up on him, but I don't understand why teams don't press Arizona more to be honest with you, or at least trap because the ball handling is not ideal. 
But we're seeing this all over college basketball. Did you see the end of the USC Arizona State game? I did see that. Did yes. you see? Um, it it was it was a duplicate. In fact, right. I think did USC have eight straight turnovers? Yes. And just I, you see, I don't know if it was eight, but it was something absurd was, like that. It was seven or eight, I think, right. or at least possessions where they didn't, you know, they came away with like out of sh- you know without a shot or at least a second shot. Um, but ASU just wasn't good enough. And again, they trimmed the lead in half from sixteen to about eight. Um, I think the issue is most teams are not built depth wise uh, to press uh, the length of the game. Now, uh, you know, if you're Washington, it's really hard to go from press to match up zone. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now, for if sure. I'm Washington state, I at least run it out there frequently. Uh, Cause what do you have to lose? Right. Uh, you know, obviously Mick Cronin is not going to stray from what he really likes to do. Right. Um, that's something we see from a lot of elite coaches. They don't, you know, Nick Saban doesn't go run and shoot very often. Um, <laughs> sure. You know, but he'll open it up from time to time. Andy Reid refuses to run the ball more right. than eight times. Like, you know, we got our Chiefs reference in. Yeah. Guy, thank your drink at home. Right. Um, you know, Sean Miller <laughs> could have had some great pressing teams. They don't, they just don't want to get away from it. Um, so, I think it's tough for a team to do it for 40 minutes unless you're built that way. And, you know, very few teams have been built that way um, other than Arkansas and Loyola and a few of those. But if you're not at least putting that out there, you know, the, even if it's just, okay, you know, we're playing Arizona, they're up eight, we cut it to six, throw the press out there, try to get it to four or two. Um, I think that would be bad coaching, you know, unless right. you just don't have the athletes. Now going so what is errors? Let me ask you this. Well, first let's tap and bottle. Let's just say that you want you're looking at William Brad Alice right there, and you're saying, "Man, I'd like to meet that guy. He looks like a great football coach. Looks like a great father. Looks like a great analyst." You would come to tap and bottle to check that out. Some of the watch parties because William Brad Alice shows up to some of these. And again, you got the four, four got the four peaks. You got four peaks brew there as well. It's a great time. Come check it out downtown. Scott and Rebecca do a great job, and another great establishment. Illegal Pete's. Anybody out there that has went to college in uh, in U of, at U of A or ASU is familiar with Illegal Pete's. High energy, good food. I almost said high energy food. I don't know if that's a thing, but high energy, high energy, good food, good drink. Come check it out. Tap and bottle. Remote. Great time right there. Or excuse me, uh, Illegal Pete's. Check it out. Sorry, I got a million different things going on. Um, but again, check out the show notes and the link in the description. Some of us wish there was an illegal pizza when we went to college. Oh yeah, well that is true. That is true. Back in the '60s, they did not have the illegal pizza. I agree. No. That was a that was a Schuster, not a Brad joke. Uh, the place next door was, you know, it was Blue Jays back in the day. Was it Blue Jays? Oh, okay, I got and, you. And illegal pizza was a clothing store. Does does Arizona feel like when you watch college basketball? What does Arizona feel like to you? Forget the rankings. Forget just based off what you've seen. What does Arizona feel like? Depends which Arizona I'm watching. If you were right now, if you were just high end, high end Arizona, Arizona, the beginning of the second half against UCLA, Arizona early against Indiana, Arizona early, you know, for most of that Tennessee game looks like they're as good as anyone. Right. Um, Arizona to start the second half against ASU, Arizona uh, late against UCLA, Arizona late against Creighton looks like a team that could get upset in the first round. By by a fifteen or fourteen, right? Um, that's how weird. But you know what? I can say that about a lot of teams. You know, I've I've watched 
I haven't watched as maybe as much college basketball as I normally do, but there are stretches where I'm like, oh, Kansas is Kansas. There's other stretches I'm like, oh, well, okay. They're they're you know they're imminently beat. What they lose by 23 at home the other night? Exactly to right. It's you and you never see that happen. No, yeah, I watched. I've watched UCLA. I've watched actually UCLA pull away from Kentucky and not look very impressive doing it. Conversely, I've seen them grind out games right. and look very good doing it because I think that's how they like to play basketball, obviously. Um, you know, there's been stretches where I've watched ASU where I'm like, well, these guys are pretty good. And then like two minutes later, I'm like, oh, Bobby Hurley sucks. Yes. Um, and that's just, I think, college basketball this year. I think it's – you could tell me it's going to be a record for double-figure seeds in the, in the Elite Eight. Or you could tell me it's chalk, and I'm going to believe both of them. I think it's that weird a year where it's so hard to, to to peg it down. Did you see that Joe Lenardi right now only has 11 Big Ten teams into the NCAA tournament? Why only 11? Because I, I don't know. Because he, he lost count. He doesn't have – I don't know. All right. I have a – well, you, you, you know, you got to cap it. I'm sorry. If you're, if you're not If you're not 500 in your conference – you can't go to the DNCA tournament. I'm sorry. I again and again. I maybe I'm out. I'm not your average viewer. But no, I, I agree with you, William. I would much rather watch. And again, I don't. I I haven't watched enough mid-major basketball this year. But I'm guessing the Mountain West is going to get four. Mm-hmm. I'd rather see the fifth team. I uh, the A10. I don't know how many good teams are in the A10, but year in and year out, the A10 and the Missouri Valley. Give me their third and fifth place teams instead of the twenty-fourth place team in the Big Ten. I don't need to see it. I, I don't even know who's mediocre in the big team. I don't need to see an Ohio state team that can't score right now. Who was the, here's one for you. The pac 12 always gets beat up for not winning a title since Arizona. Do you know when the last big 10 title was? I'm going to assume it was Michigan state in, in the 1999. Okay. I was in middle school then. That's not good. I mean, it's just it's just baffling right there. But again, I do have one thing that I've noticed about USC and UCLA that I'm going to predict when they go to the uh, Big Ten. I think that UCLA basketball is going to have a harder time than some people think, not because uh, Big Ten is so good in basketball, but because that travel schedule is a monster. Like going from New Jersey. People were legit saying UCLA had the disadvantage because they played the late night game at ASU. It started an hour later than Arizona's game. Exactly. That's it actually my point. started during the era and people I'm like, it's not like they played a Friday night game. Right. Right. Or exactly. It's like, or it's not like they went quadruple overtime and went to like 1 a.m. on Thursday. They played it nine, not eight or eight, not seven. I can't remember because I'm old. Um, yeah. Um, but conversely, how long before Indiana, Michigan State, Rut- Rutgers has no power in that conference? are going to be like, we have to go to the West Coast. They're going to have to do group scheduling. Right. And my guess is they're going to have to bring in two more teams, either in the West or the Rocky Mountain-ish area. Um, because, yeah, that's – you can't tell me you're going to fly Rutgers out to UCLA for one game during the week. Because that's not a weekend marquee game. 
Right. right. But I do believe, though, I will. I said to quote our friend Kevin Woodman, who likes using this phrase, I tell you this so I can tell you that. I will say, though, that I think the USC football is going to uh, run outside of Ohio State. I think it's going to run roughshod over that slow conference. I really do. Because, again, it's it's not – you don't have to be there for three – you know, two games in three days or whatever. You're going to play all these Indianas and, you know, uh, Michigan States and stuff. I do believe that USC is going to fare very well in football. Although I think you're going to get the odd – I mean, what's the coldest game you get in the Pac-12? Washington State? Maybe Utah. Maybe Utah. You're going to get Colorado. three of those. Right. Um, so I could see that odd night that you're you're playing the, you know, five o'clock Eastern, you know, game at Lansing, Michigan, maybe get upset. Um, but you're also going to get some 65-12 wins over Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Um, Rutgers you know, is really our whipping boy during this. Ma- Ma- Maryland's going to come cross country um and and lose by 45 right uh conversely you know someone weird like you know purdue will come and upset ucla because that's what ucla does right so all right um i want to switch over to some uh, u of a football jed fish coming on the show friday again i saw that jed making his triumphant return you know what i'm gonna ask jed to say back the a i'm I'm gonna do it I bet, I bet he will as well. I want to talk some Arizona football, though, as well. Um, a couple things that are really interesting to me first, but let me tell you about Octane Raceway Mavericks. Let's say also that you're William Brad Alice and you had you got two kids. You're also a kid at heart and you're looking for things to do. You're not really looking to go to Phoenix, but you know what? Eh, you got some relatives. You might have some family up there, whatever the case may be. Octane Raceway. You go up there, you take up Tyler and Riley. They got all kinds of stuff from go-karts to video games to pool, you name it. William Brad Alice can get some very good food while he's there as well. Maybe some drink, but check it out again in Scottsdale. It's a pretty ritzy little place. I would highly recommend it, William. You might want to take the Rugrats up there. I have been looking at trying to find a uh, carve out some time. It's just, you know, right now we got Saturday youth sports and uh, hopefully for two more weeks, some NFL football. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would. Well, I would assume. Yeah. Well, three more weeks then. Well, we have an off week, but, you know, yeah, I'm I'm hoping we, uh, you know, I'm insufferable. You'll be okay. Now, uh, Jed, uh, Jed Fish, though, brings in, it look, sounds like, and again, I don't want to, uh, you know, uh, steal any thunder here, but Jed Fish gets the easy things to get. And that, to me, is a little bit understated. Well, let's talk about cruise rushing here for a second. Um, I don't know that cruise rushing, again, kid out of Sal Point, I don't know for a fact that cruise rushing will, you know, be a, you know, a contributor, per se, on defense at the U of A, but I know that he's a great kid. I know that he can be a special teams guy. And I also know that his brother is one of the most highly rated players to ever come out of Tucson and getting crews in here. You've already got the father in here as well. These are the easy things you can do as a coach to make your life easier. than someone that Rich Rod never really seemed to understand. Yeah. You know, we, we, I think we saw that, you know, for heck we've seen that at the OVA basketball program with the other two Bellis brother. And we've seen yeah. Well, even who's the kid, Kukendall or Kaikendall? Right. I mean, yeah. a preferred walk-on, and he might have some friends who might be five stars. Right. Um, he, yeah. he has friends with benefits, different <laughs> kinds of benefits. Different kind of benefits, or maybe not, and that's okay. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, you know, it doesn't hurt you. I don't even know if – I don't know if he's on scholarship and preferred walk-on, and if he is on scholarship with the new rules, 
it, it doesn't hurt you. Um, you know, he was obviously good enough to at least get the PWO to Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, assuming he's a, a decent kid. Uh, yeah, it, it doesn't hurt. And, you know, um, you know, Jed Fish is when he was hired, I didn't like the hire, but I mm-hmm. had a list of things I wanted him to check off. Uh, and he has done most of those. Um, you know, he found his recruiting niche and it's the Polynesian community. And I love that because think about it this way, Brad. Um, and that's a great point right there. I didn't even have that in the show notes, but that's why I talk with people that are smarter than me right now. Um, with the with think about it this way: if you're Arizona, schools like that, there's always a finite amount of big linemen, and they generally go to SEC schools, at least from the South. Why not tap into that Polynesian connection, which he's done, which you get guys that are just as big and they're just recruited at a little bit different level. I mean, just look real quickly at just the down line. Jonas Savanea, if he doesn't get injured, has every bit the look of a guy who could be a first round pick. Wendell Moe comes in here as well, and he's starting a guard. He's not coming out of the lineup. Then you got Kangaika Uyagalele on the uh, other end. That's the way to do that, and I love that. I'm surprised that more coaches don't do it. Like uh, you've got a Polynesian wide receiver, you got two Polynesian quarterbacks. In fact, I don't know if this is still the case, but a few years ago, Arizona had more Polynesian starting quarterbacks, including, uh, not including Bryson Burney, who started what one or two games. Who are the, then, who are they? Mal, Mal, don't tell me. So you've got, um, you've obviously got Tui Tama, you got Anu Solomon, you've got uh, Malaulu. Uh, is that it? And, and I think, yeah, that was it at the Bernie. time. And, and since then, you've added Jaden Delora. Mm-hmm. True, uh, true. The only, the only two schools who were within striking distance, and again, that was about four or five years ago, um, was uh, Hawaii, obviously, mm-hmm. and Colorado of all people. But I think Arizona, then you throw in, you know, I think I, I the Bernie, you throw in uh, Fafita. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of an interesting, um, you know, niche that they have carved out, um, not just the Polynesian linemen, which, you know, but you know, the kid, uh, they recruited, uh, yesterday. Sounds like he's going to either play linebacker or safety. Right. Um, you know, so they're expanding that, you know, kind of reach, um, with, with what is a very tight knit community. Right. And when Arizona did it previously, I was coaching high school football at the time. Unlike Kevin, I talk about it all the time. <laughs> I had a kid on my team who was who was half Samoan. Um, and he would say, yeah, all the U of A players came over to his uncle's house because his uncle was kind of the you know, local right. chief, for right. lack of a better word. The local and, shaman or the local chief? Eh, local. Uh, if you're a WWE fan, the head of the table, shall we say? That's a reference to a Polynesian wrestler, <laughs> right? Um, the head of the bloodline. Um, but yeah, so it's a very tight knit community. M- many of them are LDS, so there's another. Mm-hmm. There is a small but strong LDS community here in in Southern Arizona. So it all kind of works out. If Arizona can resume that pipeline, and again. Everyone's recruiting the Polynesian athletes now that didn't happen under Tomi. For Tomi, it was a very unique thing. It was in Hawaii and a little bit of Washington. But if you can carve out where maybe a kid who's a four-star who wouldn't have looked at Arizona three or four years ago but does because he's got a cousin or a cousin's cousin on the team, um, then that's a – you know again, you have to have – when you're Arizona, you're not USC. So you have to have these recruiting niches. So whether it's – 
getting that in at Chandler High School because of of uh, the guy's dad coaching there. Mm-hmm. Whether it's you know the Polynesian community well, for Dick Tomey, it was also the JCs. He mined right. the JCs beautifully. Um, you know, for Rich he and Rod, Bill Snyder might have been the best there ever was at that. Honestly, yeah, you know, Rich Rod had the five eight wide receivers on lockdown. He wanted um, Brad Alice. Dude, it's too bad that we didn't come along sooner, Brad Alice. He would have loved us. Mike Luke, Brad Alice, recruiting. I didn't quite the speed that he likes. I think you might have. But you know what? Even even I know Stoops, what they did is they looked for the under-recruited, like, three, two-and-a-half, three-star guys in Dallas and Houston. Right. Because Texas and Texas A&M could only take two, so many. So if they could steal those guys from Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, SMU, TCU before TCU was quite where they are now, that was what they kind of did because as, as um, unfortunately uh, rest in, rest in peace, David Nichol said, you know, the, the seventh best wide receiver in Dallas right. is, is better than the best receiver in, in, in Southern Arizona. Right. Um, so, yeah. So now, you know, if you can mine Phoenix a little bit, if you can mine the Polynesian community, if you can work the transfer portal, and I will admit, I'm still a little disappointed uh, in the transfer portal, I think Arizona needed to do a little bit better there. Although that could be changing uh, with, with with a few people. Although I, their strategy is interesting. Bring in former four stars and hope you can coach them up. Um, you know, those are your recruiting niches. You try to get quarterbacks who want to play in a pro system, which I think if you're not going to go total gimmick offense, you go the opposite. You get these guys so that they can walk in to an NFL training camp and say, yes, I've been under center. Yes, I know what an NFL playbook looks like. Right. Um, because that's the big knock on a lot of these guys. They've never been under center. They've never not run spread or read option or, uh, so yeah, I think there's a lot of advantages there. And now we'll have to see with a tough schedule with missing a few pieces. Can Arizona take that next step? Um, cause you know, year two was no matter what people, people were saying it was wildly successful to get five wins last year. No doubt. Now what also is wildly successful is mountain Mike's pizza. Brad Alice can confirm this that Mountain Mike's Pizza is very good. Do you have a do you have the cup there or no? I do have one in the kitchen, but I don't have it with me now. All right. Next time bring the cup, bring the prop with you. Um, but yeah. again, there's nothing propish though about uh, Mountain Mike's Pizza. Check it out. Oracle and Wetmore. Great pizza, great setup, and uh, great drink as well. Check it out. And many times they're at the tap and bottle watch parties as well. Mountain Mike's Pizza. Um, all right, let me ask you this, Brad. Right now. Jed Fish, when he was hired, where we are, where we're going forward right now, where do you grade the hire? Uh, it's a it's a B plus. Okay. Uh, I was disappointed with the win total in year one. I'll be mm-hmm. honest, um, but the difference in the product from the day they stepped on the field against BYU until the day they you know stepped on the field against ASU in in last November. Uh, was night and day um, right. last year, obviously not perfect, but with that schedule against those teams, you know, they got the one win they shouldn't have against UCLA and they probably should have beaten Cal. How many um, wins do you need? Let me ask you this. How many wins do you need in year three to bump that up to an A? If he can get seven, it's an A. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Um, He probably needs six for most people to remain happy. Although I can make an argument that if they get five but look better in the losses, uh, that I could accept it. But going three years without a bowl and this 
day and age yeah. with a 97 bowl. It's and we were Stoops did it too. I think it took Stoops four years, maybe. Yeah, it took five. Stoops four years, right? Um, and Stoops was, actually inherited better. You know what's crazy about it? I always get people all the time that say this. Makovic, or excuse me, um, Stoops inherited actually better talent than what uh, um, Jed Fish did. Stoops at least had. Like there was at least a Mike Bell. There was a um, uh, the Will was Will Ray Fontenot a holdover? I believe he was. Yeah, yeah. Will yeah. Ray Fontenot was a holdover. Um, uh, I know there's a few other guys as well. Gilbert that, Harris, who played in the NFL, although Gil- you know people only remember his bad play. Really good fullback. Exactly. Uh, a couple good linemen. He was um, my he was my teller at uh, Wells Fargo about ten years ago. Oh, okay. Well, mm-hmm. I guess that I guess that year and a half and the NFL money doesn't go that far, but no good for him. Um, So yeah, now I will say this. I still argue that Stoops' first year coaching is one of the best years of coaching. No doubt. No doubt. He made that team instantly competitive. They're three plays away from being a a six. And remember they won six games one of those years. And back then you had to win seven to go bowling. Right. Um, Same thing. Daryl Brooks, another one. Good call right there. Daryl Brooks. Yeah. You know, and uh, uh, in a weird way, Makovic had some good recruits. He, he had some really bad recruits, no no doubt. Um, Sindrick he also had, though. He also had really Stepto. good walk-ons. He did. Um, <laughs> That's a great point. He did. You know, he had Copeland Bryant, who played in the mm-hmm. NFL. Bam McCrae. You know, someone mentioned, I think Steve Fleming was a walk-on. Yep. Quarterback. Um, Quarterback out of Thunderbird, right? Adam Austin, I think, walked on under... Um, I think he walked under under Mc, um, Makovic, but played a little bit. Obviously, right. he's coaching college football. Now, Bam McCray's uh, uh, the athletic director for all the uh, Lehman Academies here in town. Right, right. Ran into him the other day. Actually, Bam's a good dude. Yeah, real good dude. Um, so yeah, so you know, kind of fun seeing. Yeah, but Stoops didn't he he inherited a program that needed more work. I think overall to rebuild the infrastructure, but he had better players. Right. All right. William, where can they find you right now? If somebody needs some William Brad Alice in their life, where can they find you? Uh, right now, mostly Facebook and Twitter. I haven't resumed the podcast yet. Frankly, I just can't keep them coughing long. This has been about a month. Uh, I've just been super busy with uh, the real job with uh, uh, double kids sports. I got baseball on the horizon. I've uh, you know got the volleyball. And you're playing hockey as well. Playing hockey uh, two, sometimes three nights a week. Uh, but yeah, I hope to resume it really soon. It's just, I, I don't want to put one up and then not return to it. So I want to get two or three recorded, but look for me on Twitter, WSR Brad, uh, where, you know, I tweet mostly about the Wildcats, although uh, trying not to tweet too much NFL as I'm getting really uh, geeked up for some of the playoff stuff and also really frustrated with the, uh, shall we say, the dismissal of a, a certain quarterback who, from Texas Tech who suddenly is not as good as some guy who's beaten them a couple times, but you know, whatever. Well, as long as the Dallas Cowboys are out, that's all I care about right there. I have very, uh, very few, uh, very few complaints. That's hey, it looks like looks like the Cardinals might get an interesting coach. Whether any of those final guys, I was going to say, if the Cardinals can get Sean Payton somehow. Now, if I'm Sean Payton, I'm not going there. But you know, take that. Am I crazy? I might rather have Brian Flores. I like Brian Flores. I'm totally because of what Peyton's going to cost you money wise and draft pick wise. I don't think you can just give up draft picks. Um, But I think Flores is a, is a pretty good coach. Um, And I don't think Quinn's a terrible hire. I mean, guy got to a super bowl, right? For sure. Guy doesn't know how to clock manage or run the ball at the right time, but he got to a super, but he got to a super bowl. You got to put that out there. Yeah. 
All right, Brad, as always, we appreciate you. We will, uh, I will be back with you tomorrow. And then, like I said, we got Jed Fish coming up. Brad, are you going to be on the post game show with us or too late on Thursday? Uh, I just have to see like how the family, if the family's asleep, I might go into the, uh, the prisoner room, my, my, my <laughs> laundry room, which is stark white and looks like I'm being held captive. So if I blink a lot, you know, I've been kidnapped, but I'm going to try and get on. Yeah. All right. He's Brad Alice. I'm Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com. We make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. <laughs>